0: to the Mead podcast i'm tom the founder of gosnos and i'm will the head brewer here at gosnos this is our podcast where we are going to be chatting about all things mead and booze. Uh, each week we take a, either
1: a mead enthusiast or a mead maker and we sit them down to a bunch of questions about why they
0: love mead. Uh, so yeah, so thanks to everyone who's spared some time for that uh, from their busy schedules. I know everyone in the mead world is super busy at the moment.
1: Yeah, and thanks everybody for their continued support over the last uh, God, couple of years now. So entering into the fourth season of the mead podcast. Fourth season. So thank you all for your support and... Uh, well, yeah, let's just get into it. Let's go very well how are you yeah all right mate
0: all right back again who have we got joining us today uh,
1: so we have got sean from erosion meteries from uh from australia from australia, wa
0: the land down unders
1: uh yeah where all the good people come from yeah,
0: there you go you go sorry i'm outnumbered <laughs> yeah. on this call so i'll just uh I'll keep first the, time for everything yeah the, t- the banter to myself uh
2: hi sean how are you yeah yeah it's been a long day today you know it's coming on five o'clock here for me so yeah but other than that it's we're growing so i'm, it's, I'm excited so
1: that's, that's
0: cool. That's, yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's what matters. Um, so do you want to start off by t- telling us a bit about yourself and erosion media and, and how you got going and all that kind of good stuff?
2: Um, I'll try and keep it short because it does go kind of long. Sorry, um we've got up to 40 minutes. So however yeah. you want to <laughs> use the time,
0: Sean, it's all yours.
2: So That's all a little bit. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I started probably around 2009. Um, and it was off a conversation with my wife about me what made was because I didn't know what it was um, and obviously she's read a lot of books so she's read uh like, was reading Game of Thrones at the time funnily enough um so that's pretty much what kicked it off right then and there like I, I want to make that um because I was in IT and I just wanted to have a hobby that wasn't sitting in front of a computer all day every day so yeah, and it's a nice. Uh, I, I
0: found that me, making mead is, uh, especially at home, it's a lot more accessible than maybe making a all-grain all beer, certainly, or some other things. Yeah, so yeah, it's, no, um, it's a lot easier to do.
2: Oh, I went there. <laughs> I went there hard, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, I started with mead, and I started with the Joe's Ancient Orange, the, the classic mead that everyone makes when they make mead for the first time. Um, I'm pretty sure I used a, a, a white wine yeast rather than a bread yeast, because I was like, yeah. why are we using bread yeast? But anyway, yeah. Um, and that sort of waterfalled into me joining a homebrew club, um, the West Coast Brewers here in WA. And then I ended up becoming the president of that club and do, doing all the other positions as well, running state comps and national comps and all things homebrew, basically. It just got, it got out of control. Uh, <laughs> effectively, the way I see it is the where I was in IT, and where I'm making something and giving it to someone, the customer service sort of aspect is completely different. So yeah, here yeah. I'm just as opposed to here, here's some alcohol. <laughs> it's a different relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, and then pretty much I got involved heavily in the brewing industry here in WA um, because I was the president of the West Coast Brewers. I got involved in, or already involved in the national side of things for homebrew. So anything, Amateur Brewing in Australia, I was a delegate for WA, so helped push mead into that actual um, it, it sort of was in that space, but it disappeared mm-hmm. very quickly because no one was making it. There's everyone, yeah. there's all those myths that, that surround it, as everyone knows. Um, like the biggest one here is the Eucalyptus honey. You can't make good mead. I'm the top person that goes, nah, that's bull crap. Yeah, 100% <laughs> yeah. it's not. Um, so, um it probably doesn't help that there's books out there like designing great beers from ray Dan- daniels um on page 34 they've got the don't use eucalyptus honey on it literally says it in the book um so those sort of things don't help that myth um and there are yeah, a lot of
0: myths in the industry on there we, we find yeah, this yeah, i mean it's too many to count but we did a, an episode with what was it Ma- uh, man yeah, made me yeah man me talking specifically and he's done a lot of um a lot of homebrew stuff around like smashing some those so, many and, so many and misconceptions like, and all this kind of stuff and i think just
1: shared around too everybody just accepted them and then just kept yeah, publishing exactly. stuff about it you're like did you yeah it's this, this <laughs> just uh
3: hearsay yeah
2: yeah yeah there's a, a lot of that and then you know the biggest thing in australia is what is mead half the people don't even know when you're talking to them yeah. the other half well that's a viking drink that's sick that's really sweet and it's sickly sweet and full of spices that's literally yeah. the two things that you hear a lot of here in Australia. And it seems to be across the country as well, not just particularly to each state. Um, but yeah, so I sort of, uh, the waterfall from the, the West Coast Brewers moved into me helping out a brewery and we do, um, me starting this business and just jumping straight into it to a certain point in 2015. And I did my sort of proof of concept. We did a beer to meal with uh, Artisan Brewing in Denmark, which is down south in WA, like right down the bottom. Um,
1: gorgeous, gorgeous place. It's
2: it's about a, I think it's a, I want to say six hour drive for me from Perth. Um, and that's just dead straight, <laughs> six hours. Yeah, um, yeah so, uh, but it's a lovely area. Um, and we did the collaboration and that went really well. So it was like proof of concept done. Let's do this commercially. And no one, no one had any idea how to start a meter here obviously, because um, a lot of, there's a lot of winemakers. There's a lot of brewers, but there's no, there's some meaderies, but they're all yeah. either winery based yeah, or yeah. they're making mead, but it's usually the winemaker making the mead for the vaporist, that sort of thing. Um, so, and I've come at it from a, well, I'm a brewer, I brew. So I'm gonna make a beer style, make a session mead. and that, Obviously that was yeah. kicking off in the US at the same time. So that just you know uh, pushed me forward. Uh, and in twenty late twenty eighteen, we signed for this property. In t- middle of that year, we actually got the keys. So we're still doing the field those sort of things. Um, and we had our first product in tank in October twenty nineteen. Nice. Um, and then COVID happened in March. the next year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, so that's not something you can have in the business plan, but. We managed um, and we managed to actually get, I think we're the only craft meadery in BWS, which is one of the larger chain liquor stores in Australia. Um, and we're probably, the, we are the only craft meadery in BWS right now.
0: Um, nice. So do you want to talk to us a bit more about the style you've gone for? And, and like you said, you said there were going to be session meads, so, like talk us yeah, through your so, range.
2: Um, I was, uh, for the longest time, when I was doing all my test batching and whatnot, I was testing with obviously ale yeast and lager yeast and Belgian yeast, and I had I had my yeast that I was going to use when we go full chat, making all this mead, um, and then Kvike came on the scene, um, so I started testing that, and I fell in love with it very, very hard. Uh, that, that yeast is amazing, and that's all of our yeast, all of our meads are generally made with it, so like, yeah. Um, We want to make 5% meads pretty much like, if you look at, we looked at mead from a particular perspective, (laughs) it's too late the day for me, Uh, looked at the, yeah, from a different perspective than everyone else, because everyone else is going, okay, we're going to do mead, we're going to do honey, we're going to do this, that, the other, and all these other products that go with it. Whereas I'm looking at it from a craft brewing perspective. We're in Australia, what do people want to drink? And that's usually something something light in flavor, but easy to drink. And generally around the five to 6% mark, usually usually 6%. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, there's a lot of sessions that are a bit lower, a lot of session products. We did come out with our products, calling them sessions. Um, got And because we were going into this large chain store, we actually had to take that off of the labels because it wasn't sessionable. It wasn't the it
0: wasn't
2: right. Product, yeah, it wasn't so the right. Yeah. Percent but yeah, um, we basically make, a bunch. We've got a, we've got six core range, um, and they're all in cans. Um, so one of them is nice. jammed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and that's uh, blueberries, strawberries, and honey. Uh, it is Yukoners honey that we uh, get from down south. So we usually get a wildflower mix rather than the. Uh, I say wildflower. It's usually like a forest sort of thing, like in yeah. the southern forest down Margaret River Way. Um, sometimes up north. Jinjin way, uh, which is opposite opposite directions of Perth. Um, and the honey can, <clears throat> a lot of the honey that we get is usually eucalyptus. It, and it's fantastic. Like you get a lot of orange and citrus character from red gum honey, which is like one of my favorite honeys.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: And it's funny enough, one of the most prominent honeys you can get in WA. <laughs> So it's, it's 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 actually good being here, and the other thing is we can't get any other honey from any other state or country unless it's pasteurised.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That. Even
1: even any other state. Yeah. I was wondering about the yeah. honey laws. I know it's any pretty pretty tight nos, but um, yeah, having it having it pasteurised is not probably not where you want. No.
2: There's arguments, but that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like,
1: yeah, I just I just had that little thing run over my head, and I was like, well, it depends on what I'm using, and. You know, like yeah, yeah. like I do with certain things have a pasteurization set when I you know I pour honey in quite a hot temperature and depends what I'm making, you know, like yeah, exactly. depends yeah, exactly. on what I do with the honey. But yeah. as a rule of thumb, well, I'd rather be able to have access to as much raw honey as possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've got one, one of the big producers here that we purchase our honey off of. Um, and as long as it's a mixed blossom that's generally from that sort of forest area, which is a lot of red gum and other gum species and eucalyptus, I'm happy.
3: Um, yeah,
1: yeah. No, last yeah. time I was in, I also went down to Denmark and got some of that, uh, some of the Mari honey, and it is just—it's ace. Like, it's I was not it, is
0: What is Marie a type of tree, or is it a place? it a, a person.
1: Well, you you know better than me. Is it just the the name? It's
0: a for it's uh,
2: it's it's a tree. tree. So it's a different type of tree. So in WA, you've got excuse me, <clears throat> you've got Marie, Mari, Carrie, and Jarrah. They're the main sort of, and, and there's a lot of them. Um, but they're the sort of main ones that have a lot of flavour. And yeah. um, There's also Wondu and Yate and <laughs> all these weird honeys that no one's ever heard of because we're in WA. Um, yeah, yeah. So all the, all the honey we get here is generally used here or sent to either China or somewhere else, um, or it's mixed into other products. Um, but, yeah, the the, the Mary honeys it's a lot darker than I think the others um, and yeah, yeah. Jarrah's even darker again, and it's a completely different flavor. I think leather, think leather would possibly with the Jarrah, um, okay, but yeah, in a different yeah. way. it's not, it's not, it's not very, aggressive. not medicinal or anything like that. It's more rounded. I think uh, it's probably a better character, better, um, words, um, but yeah, I definitely want to use all those. They can get expensive.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I grabbed a little jar to bring back, um, and uh, that, that that was about it. And I was like, I don't yeah. think I really want to be trying to import that at all.
2: <laughs> I was lucky
1: enough to get some some poly blend of, of some eucalyptus because I didn't start mead making until I come over here. I you know I played around in wine in Australia and just been able to get some eucalyptus honey and going like, no, this is great. And one of the things that, that people don't understand is like in Australia you grew up with eucalyptus lollies and that sort of. Um, that profile that flavor is not uh you know it's not medicinal it's actually for us it's it's well the more you have it the more you get used to it it doesn't it's not an off note yeah sure
2: i i also feel that different yeasts bring out different flavors in the honey as well um so one thing that i find with the kawaii yeasts a lot of that that medicinal character that, that people talk about God, i can't get it <laughs> it's it, it's not there um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure about what happens with the wine yeast. I tend not to use them so much. Um, hmm. I'm more of the ale, lager, all that sort of yeast. Um, yeah. I do have used wine yeast. Put it this way, I'm a mead maker who's barely even used orange blossom honey.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's one of the only ones. <laughs> Seems like everyone uses orange blossom honey. Dude, there's nothing no, wrong I, with it. No,
1: know, it's, it's a fantastic honey. It works. It's, 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 it's really nice
0: to work with. It's clean. It's reliable. I think it's the right, um, for, it's also commercially the right sweet spot between having enough flavor and being cheap And we talk and about it's it. It's such of... a
1: good thing to, to give people because there's such a distinct profile in that yeah, honey as well we did, that people can yeah. really see that change. But eucalyptus is, is it's the same sort of thing. Like you take supermarket yeah. honey and you put eucalyptus next to it and that they're almost a juxtaposed ends of, of the honey spectrum.
2: Yeah, yeah, but, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. The, the we can't get orange blossom here. We have orange, like farms all over the place, but they don't um, do any pollination. It's all hand pollination. And oh
0: like that. right, That's yeah, interesting. yeah. Interesting.
2: Even though we've got a heap of beekeepers, they just don't do it. Oh. Um, hmm. so.
1: I don't know if it works for them. I suppose, but and there's the next little thing you could do. You know, just sneak out, you know, a hive on the side of the, uh, the side of the groves and.
2: Nah. <laughs> That's another job. I don't want to deal with yeah. that. So what, what's some I'm of the other, other honeys? Don't make it.
1: So what are some of the other honeys that you've sort of used during that sort of setup phase? And even now that sort of blew you away and that, that have stuck there and you're like, no, I have to make like a traditional or something with that.
2: That The ones that I've liked that I've really liked um, definitely red gum. That sticks out tremendously for me, um, but red gum's different in every state as well. So mm. red gum here is different to what's in Victoria and, and new south wales because
1: that's our main honey in victoria red gum and yellow box were the two that i sort of like stuck in my mind I hear a lot about
2: yellow box yeah i hear a lot about yellow box um
0: so uh, yeah the,
2: the the other ones we get um i love I the way these trees
0: that i've never heard of <laughs> yeah <they're, laughs> is this is australia some are small shrubs
2: right. and some can be huge trees and, mm-hmm. and the other thing is like with the Jarrahs and the marys like they, they flower like on alternating years and they only flower once every four years yeah, or, yeah. I think a couple of years ago, they had all of the, I think it was Mary trees flowering all at once and it flowered for the whole year. Sick. Um <laughs> No, and the apres were getting so much honey, it was, it was not funny, but um, yeah. So that sort of thing happens a lot with those trees. Sorry, I'm um, just Googling
0: the pictures yeah. of the trees on the Sorry, I got distracted is, too. Just a um, look <laughs> on your face too. You know
2: what? This is a good, this is a good picture. Google... Oh, I have to spell it out. Born up forest. So B-O-R. Yeah. A-N-U-P. Forest. Yeah, got it. That's oh, in Margaret. Wow. Those sort of trees.
0: We might have to put some links into some photos of some trees, I think. Yeah, yeah. Get a, multimedia
1: there, a lo- there,
2: there. That's a lovely area. Though, that, that
1: yeah, that's good cool. Gorgeous. Same yeah. as in Denmark with the uh with the old. Oh, yeah, the same there. sort of stuff, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's um yeah yeah it was really just, really nice to go down there and the honey around that area was just incredible I, I i could live there i think mm. it's uh yeah, yeah forest yeah. meets the sea all right let's uh... uh yeah
0: there is something very evocative if like when you get a forest coming up to a sea. yeah yeah uh was actually in norfolk where i was last weekend less exotic there was a pine forest that's been planted to stop coastal erosion it's beautiful oh yeah anyway yeah. um will do you want to talk about mead in australia you're the australian so yeah tell us about um T- t- Tell us about mead in Australia. Have you, when was last so, time in
1: Australia? La- last time I was in Australia, I did go to a meadery in Denmark, but it was what you were talking about. It was an apronist that started making mead and then they ended up not doing so well and then sold it to the sort of winemaker. And I bought some bottles back for the guys from that. But one of the ones there that I really liked is they did a piment with about sort of 4% honey and then 96% grape must and did like a, a Shiraz piment. And it was actually quite quite interesting, like especially going towards that end where it's only sort of three or four percent. Now, I I do say it wasn't the best Shiraz, but I kind of see you know like were trying to go through and go like okay, maybe I've got a couple of bad batches of Shiraz, so I'll put some honey over the top of it. And yeah, well, it was it was interesting, but it wasn't the best representation of that. But um, but yeah, then there was a meadery in Victoria that opened up that was doing some pretty pretty Ooh, interesting what were stuff they down near, uh the just just before you get to geelong uh but yeah either way on, so oh, i really can't remember the name i'm trying <laughs> but like i can't even get a letter but um meat in australia for me when i went back was there were few and far between like i had to travel to go find anybody that that there was doing anything that was interesting um most of it like you said were guys that were sort of you know home brewing some some pretty hot meat and it was still nice to go chat with them and do the honey tasting and that sort of stuff. And I, I really fell back in love with Australian honey, but it was just, yeah. Like my, my sister ordered from you recently because you're the only I session me guys in, in, <laughs> in Victoria, you know? And like, like when I did the research as well too, trying to find, cause I brought some over and then my sister was like, this is incredible. where, where can I get this? I was like, well, uh, well I, there's gotta be someone in Australia. And I, I sat there and just searched and searched and you you, you were the only guys that's uh. They were actually selling what looked like to be decent mead. You talked about it. Well, uh, I haven't tried it, so of course I can't. Uh, but I assume sh- I assume sh- it's love. It. In
2: like two days,
1: <laughs> but it's just I just couldn't believe I couldn't find anybody.
0: Yeah. So I guess yeah, what what is the mead industry you know what, like there?
2: Yeah. Um, well, this is I, I said this on another podcast recently. The the oh, mead there's, industry. There's in another mead
0: podcast.
2: Well, there's actually one coming in um, Sydney soon.
0: Wow. Right, go so on that. that's actually
2: happening. Um, I, was, I think I was one of their first guests. Oh, uh, no. Nice. So, um, but I've been on a beer podcast as well. Um, so the meat industry in Australia is very much a one-trick pony. It's 14% sickly sweet with spice. Mm. Um, and the brand that has got, had done that for the last 60 years hasn't really changed too much um the i did notice they did bring out cans but it was a, yeah it, it was just the same product in a can but lower alcohol well, like a 14 percent mead in a can no that was five percent
0: like just lower oh uh, like, like sorry as in like i'll like probably serve. give that a go yeah 14 yeah, no, 14%, no, no. 14%
2: it, but they still target that same market um and yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of meteries and a lot of people in Australia who, who start meaderies either come from a background of apron like apiarists, or they're coming from a background of winemaking and they want to make mead as well as another product line, or they've, they're in the LARPing community, they're in the reenacting community, that sort of thing. They're not generally come from a homebrewing background, which is what you've seen in the US. There's a yeah. lot of homebrewers that have turned into that. Um, I'm probably one of the, uh, myself and uh, Steve Kirby from Stone Dog Meadery in New South Wales. Um, we were in the homebrew scene and we basically come from that. Um, there are a few others that are now starting as well. Um, and we also started Australian Mead Makers on Facebook. And like we've been pushing good mead for a long time um, throughout Australia. And yeah, the I think. Well, I personally think that the the growth in mead in Australia is going to come from these sort of Yeah. where they're in cans and they're, or well, even the seven fifty seven fifty mil bottles are fine. It's just the marketing needs to be targeted at craft brew or craft beer people because they're they're adventurous. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and if you're yeah, doing that's the issue. do the
2: wine. It's different. If you do doing wine style mead, then that's different. But
0: that's kind then, of where we've come at it from as well. I think we're um we're very conscious of like the the industry in the uk probably has more uh legacy players and more heritage kind of like brands that go back they're not actually heritage brands they're kind of all 50s and 60s was when they kind of came to light uh and actually is a whole lot of work we're trying to do at the moment to just get a legal definition for what mead is in the uk because uh at the moment it's not defined so essentially you can call anything mead and that's Mm. uh that's annoying for a number of reasons
1: oh yeah that'd
2: be very annoying mm -hmm. Um, how, how do you mostly, guys
1: go for that there is there a definition so for mead in australia we've
2: got <laughs> telling when you tell a winemaker that you pay wet tax on your mead the look that you get is hilarious um so the, the wine equalization tax which is the same tax as what wine people pay uh, wine, wine, really? mead, wine mead, so that's what mead pays as well because it's wine legally yeah um but then you have styles like braggets and sizes and all those other things which are mixtures of the simpler hybrids right um even those, they're still meads, but I know some of the definitions have changed over the years um, and it, it's still changing. So, uh, we're actually one of the founders of Mead Australia. So, if you think of like the industry associations, um, so there's us, um, I can't think of everyone right now, but there's about six of us um, that are the main group that started it and it's growing now. We're getting more members. And the whole point of that is to grow the industry, both yeah. from a traditional aspect, but also the craft aspect. So there's, yeah, there's arguments to be said that the traditional meat in Australia is 14% sickly sweet and, you know, well, not sickly sweet, but it's sweet and spiced. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: just, just like any start of, of a new industry, like the craft beer industry was, like getting those definitions through and set up and, and is just, you know, it's a labour of love it is uh... yeah
0: it is and it's it is difficult i think you, everyone's got a different opinion especially when the industry is quite young everyone's got a different opinion of what it is uh, and they also have different ambitions for their own businesses which they mm. kind of bring to bring to the, the sort of table and it could be hard to kind of navigate that i think in the uk we are the most ambitious major i would say like in terms of what we want to do and sort of where we want to be um, but that's more because we think it's a great product, and we want to share it with more people. Um, there are quite a few people who are quite happy with their kind of uh, owner-operator business model, kind of like yeah, having a couple yeah. of couple of you know people just working out and stuff. stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just just reconciling all that. I think.
1: Yeah, at least you got the, the base of starting off with a wine tax instead of getting you know a little bit shafted like us. It's actually equalised it.
2: As of, as of tomorrow, beer and wine, like the, apart from like the the rebates and all that sort of stuff, have equalised with wine and beer industry. Okay, oh, that's interesting.
0: So it's... the tax
2: is a slight difference still, but on how the tax, but the, the equalization of the rebates, which is up to $300,000, I believe, a year. Um, so- um ah, so you're making a step forward. <laughs> it's a step forward for the brewing industry as well, um, yep. because so, to give you a bit of indication, when we did our business plan, we're like, okay, we're in Australia. What happens in Australia? Bushfires. What happens when there's bushfires? There's no honey or there's limited honey, or the, that sort of thing. So we, we're we also licensed to brew beer here and spirits in this one facility. We haven't yet, but we're going to. Um, but we're going to be always a meadery first. Um, mm. We built this meadery as a production facility, and we bought large tanks, and we did it the same way you would do it as a brewery, except I bought wine tanks, and now I've read the fact that I bought wine tanks. Uh, <laughs> they're just a little yep. bit more difficult to use than a blue tank. Not like a tech so yeah, well, that's yeah. it. They
1: just give you a little bit less sort of uh variability in your, your recipe design. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, not to say they're the wrong thing, but uh, yeah, if you're trying to make something it, it, specific, it depends on
2: how you want to make your meat at the end
1: yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah. but so uh, how, how do you go for that? Because I see you do a braggart already, which uh, I'm, I'm guessing you do with barley, hence the uh, the gluten uh, uh yeah. allergen. How do, you, how do you go with that in a um, gluten free environment? just use sort of- a single tank for it. so this tank here yeah yeah
2: is a tank for brackets um and then it's like extra 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 cleaned <laughs> uh, so a lot of a lot of cleaning because we only use that one tank it's it makes it a lot easier so yeah we effectively have three tanks and we only um i think we've made it we're on to our third time now making that product because so we are a metering we, our products do take a little bit longer to sell than normal craft beer, uh, craft beverage product, um, but that's changing. <laughs> so it's like, I need more tanks. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're currently looking at that right now. Um, and the, we'll be looking at uni tanks this time around rather than the wine tanks. Um, but that'll just increase the amount that we can can in one day um, yeah. effectively. Uh, so we've got three hect tanks right now, 2,000 litres. Um, with uh, two 1,000 litre carbonation tanks, wine-based carbonation tanks, so they're not white tanks. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The stone for carbonation is as big. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, The things we learn.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot, lot of things to learn and change and, you know, being the first, particularly in Australia, doing mead in cans and having it distributed to bws and all these other like effectively we're in about 60 different stores across our state only um, we're sending to interstate quite a lot um, so we've got to start looking at partnering with some distributors over in the east coast um, just to make our lives easier in that case um yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 interesting being the first in the industry because you have to set a lot of the Effectively, not rules, but just guidelines on how things are done.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You're the one creating the roadmap.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so so keeping it, keep it on the braggart train as well, uh, how do you go, like, uh, working with hops uh, vers- in your braggot versus using hops in your meads? I see you do a couple other hopped mead- meads as well.
2: Oh, oh yes, yes. So um, I need to do them again for summer, so they'll be coming out again. Um, one of the first ones I ever did that I loved the most was our land of hops and honey. It's basically mandarin and bavaria hops, honey, water, yeast, nutrients. That's it. 5%. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's probably one of the easiest meats to make. And for you know a 1,000-litre batch, I think I used um, two kilos of hops for just a dry hop, nothing more. Yeah. Uh, and you just get this light citrus orange notes, on it, and then you get the honey floral notes coming they, they they just blend really well, and then it's dry, and it's in kegs, so you just pour it off the tap. It's just you know fantastic oh, for yes. cocktails, those sort of things. So very easy. Um, where there the, you go, the opposite end of that, where you make where I make Nord juice, <laughs> which is uh, a Kveik style mead, or it's a it's a Neipa style mead in the sense, so Nipah, New England yeah. IPA style. I've basically taken a, a New England IPA recipe that I've ha- had designed, or well, that I designed. Then I took all the malt out of it. and went, okay, what do I need to do with these hops? All right, so there's a very small isomerization step to get the bitterness character. Um, and outside of that, there was using the yeast, which we use. So we've got multiple strains here. Um, yeah, nice. some, we, we do use Voss, which is the main one that, that's used in five of our core products, but the sixth one is different. Um, that's our sort of our house yeast. I've, they're all our house yeast, but this one's like the one that we're not telling you all about because um, <laughs> I like it so much. Yeah, that's um, it, that's it. And that's used in our normie. Um, but the with Nord juice, that was Ebergarden kvike, which is a lemony sort of citrusy kvike yeast. Um, they're all fermented at ambient. So in summer, that's usually about 36 degrees um, centigrade. Nice. So, And I just let let it rise, free rise, and then I'll let it, once it's finished, we then crash chill. Um, The haze, in that stands really well. So basically, I've taken, when when I did the Nord juice, I took all the hops and I went, okay, I need to limit all of these hops. Um, And we did a small isomerization step, which was about 30 minutes in about 10 litres. For about 1,500 litres of Nord juice of of memory. And then added that in and then dry up the rest. Nice. So, and it was all pitched together because we wanted the biotransformation to happen between the yeast and the hops. So we could, yeah, it, yep. it, would, it would remain cloudy. Um, we have none left. It's all gone. Even the samples are gone, like the, left, the ones left over for history reasons. They, yep. they were very, very much, it was very lemony on the nose because there was a bit of lemon drop hop in there. There's azaka uh, um, Cascade and Simcoe, I'm pretty sure. Um, nice. Off the top head, and it was just so easy to drink at seven <laughs> percent, and just really hoppy. But there's no body there from the malt, so you have to. That summarization step was probably a little too high, um, so it's just just dry hop from now on, nothing else. So
1: nice, yeah. So did you do anything to sort of make up that body? Because We talk about it quite a lot as well. That sort of filling in a session meat especially filling in that that rounded body when you're sort of trying to make a more beer style. Like, did you just kind of let it be what it, what it is, or is there a couple of little tricks that you sort of put it put it, put to it?
2: I I used an ale yeast. I think that I think a lot of the cases an ale yeast, yeah, is the fix for that for that particular problem. Um, you know, there are yeasts that produce a bit more glycerol and those sort of things, but it's ale yeast is what fixes that problem generally. Um, we and obviously the hops in this case they they sort of substituted themselves to that body as well um outside of that we did really nothing else that was pretty much yeah, yeah, just, yeah. uh, just no, we kind of we find it, that yeah. as well
1: like we, we tried Sorry. lots of different bits and pieces and we're adding things that we don't like to add to our meats we we sort of found that there's a nice little sweet spot with a with a low flocculating yeast and and something just to just to give it something to, to grab a hold of you don't need too much even just one or two points of sugar as well if you can get it to sort of not chew through everything and, and, and get too acidic, but having that little bit of sweetness left over, you know, cause you don't have that sort of uh, those chemical uh, chemical, those, um, those uh, complicated sugars sitting there and, and, and those unfermentables creating that sort of little bit of body. So trying to navigate yeah. that and, and fill it in with as much as you can. And it's, 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 you know, you put, you know, say it's a Nipah, but really it's, it's a thing all on its own, you know, it's, it's that sort of style and it's got some of those yeah. characteristics, but just in that body just makes it something quite mm-hmm. unique.
2: I Think in the end, I call it a hazy mead. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the cans. Um, the the braggots. With, with the braggets though, we 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 actually do a mash step that's higher than you normally would to get to produce those longer chain sugars. Mm.
3: Um,
2: so we don't have those fermentable products there. Um, yeah, that's a nice way of doing it. I find it, it depends on the, also the malt you're using. So we use Maris as our base because it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the, oh, there, there's a couple of specialty malts there, but not too much, there's some wheat as well. Um, and we still use the Kavaki yeast and um, we are playing around with the hops. So the first one was very fruity, probably too much. And now it's gone back the other way too piney. So <laughs> we're just trying to dial that one in a bit more. Bit more. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how that one plays because the, also every honey that we use, and I, I can't remember had this page i know i had it on their website at least one stage all of our honey is going to be different effectively yeah um because unless we buy multiple thousand liter ibcs of honey it's going to be the consistency is going to be in the honey that we get is the same every year but it's the different honey every year
0: yeah of course <laughs>
1: that's yeah. That's, that's so. and so, that, that kind of that's kind of the fun of it too. So like uh, like if I, if I was drinking me um as a as a as a fan that kind of be my favorite part about it is that each year it comes out and that's a sort of like i <laughs> a little bit different i love okay. sort of that mixed fermentation yeah. and that sort of um, you know uh while brewing and and that's that sort of process as well like each year you come back that yeast is a little bit different that profile is a little bit different and and that's what makes you come back every year and go oh okay, okay yeah. well, what's it going to be like this year you know <laughs>
2: yeah but yeah i mean the honey that we get as well this is i have so many honeys to go through it's not funny
0: yeah yeah you're so there's so much to pick on isn't there like you can there's so many things different things you could pick out and
2: so, so many different the way ways to
0: go go with that
2: i think the
1: worst thing is is that you don't get enough time with the one honey because i've got like three or four in the background when i have the time Like, okay, get and you run one you're like oh that's great okay i kind of want to tweak this just a little mm. bit and see how it works with that and do a trial and they're like oh no i've got this other honey okay well i need to at least see what that's like and then i'll like, go okay now i've got two honeys i really like and now i have to choose between them like choosing between your favorite children <laughs> that's it yeah yeah
2: I think uh, last uh, last year, year before, uh, we had we got wildflower honey in. So in um, spring, Perth has a wildflower season, a uh, couple hundred k's north of Perth, and it's all these purple flowers, and they're just the, the the first part of that honey. So from the first start of the season, fantastic floral, um, not jasmine like, but just very uh, very just a mix of jasmine and i guess rose not, not rose but there's a lot of light floral notes to it yeah yeah but then at the end of that season at the end of spring the honey was completely different and i didn't like it <laughs> so it's just interesting to see the differences just with that honey alone
1: are you are you blending so across really, honeys as well
2: i'm not blending any at the moment though
1: yeah yeah we've just played around a little bit with that and i find it i find it interesting like if you can grab a couple of honeys that like you're saying that that have characteristics that I really like and then sort of put them with some ones that, that have a bit more depth, you know, like I really like Heather honey, but it's one of those ones that is difficult for certain people to, to like, you know, it is quite intense. It can be medicinal to some people, but it has some of the most interesting qualities and has, you know, has some proteins in there as well. And some really, really cool stuff to work with. So I'm having to like figure out, okay, where where's the sweet spot of blending this with something that's a little bit more, little bit more uh floral or a little bit more fruity and mm. and i'm starting with we've got one on now which is you know aptly named the the brewer's blend which is just kind of chucking mm-hmm. a whole couple of different bits of honey and then fermenting that out and just seeing how much heather can i put in there before it's actually just solid heather yeah and just give right it a, a, a you know a medium for that heather to, to shine in so people can go like okay no like it's, it's cool and I'm, I'm ready to scale up
2: there was a there's a brewery here called Blaster, and a Scottish guy runs it. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he bought a bunch of heather across to WA and got it, got it through customs somehow, and they put it in their scotch jail. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, apparently the hardest thing he's ever done <laughs> was to bring that honey in. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I can imagine the, the 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 laws around getting anything into Australia is 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 intense. Like I remember when I was over in uh, in in WA. I was chatting to a couple of brewers there and they were talking about like how hard it was, you know, sort of five, six years ago to get different strains of yeast across and being able to sort of build these things up. And I think he was, he had to set himself up as the distributor for, for White Labs just to be able to get access. Oh, to, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah. He,
2: he's so, he's I mean, the owner of Artisan.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, nice. Yeah. So, um, like, yeah. Bro, just that's like, <laughs> So like, yeah, he took, took us uh, and had a bit, like, he was the one who gave us a couple of contacts down in Denmark and said, go down there and, and, yeah. and have a bit of a, a, a march around down there. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fun, but yeah, just getting stuff in was so difficult and like having to do what you guys are doing and, and push and get everything in is, is just, just adds a little bit more sort of trouble to, to a general yeah, day. I,
2: mean, I call Brian and Julia, be your mum and dad. Um <laughs> They don't like it. Uh, well they might like it. I don't know. Either way, it's fine. Either favorites. way, I do it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, those guys helped me out heaps at the start, and I'll help them out any day of the week whenever they ask.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he's lovely. Really set some time aside. Like I was I only had short windows, but yeah, he set up with a couple of friends of mine live down in uh, in uh, oh god. Come back Something to me on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's
2: just a- Albany oh
1: no it's down down like south um southwest coast uh it Ma- doesn't sound it um oh I'll, it'll come to me but yeah. i had a wedding it's just near margaret river i had a wedding in margaret river and, and oh, yeah. no it, i just yeah it, it'll i, I just had it in my head ra- too ra- <laughs> yeah yeah this is it's like i assume there's a lot of towns we could go through yeah. and still never get there oh yeah there's some yeah, great there, it's a coastal town anyway and they've got like a, a little brewery there and and it's just yeah it's beautiful it's nice, nice.
0: Well, Sean, sure, thanks a lot for your time. We're kind of getting towards the end of our, we're trying to keep you in about 40 minutes. So I guess, is there anything else that we've missed that you want to talk about or ask us or you know, anything that's um, that you're really excited in the world of oh, need? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: will say one thing. Um, somehow, I think someone had your products in Singapore and they brought yeah. them back and they posted onto the local like beer page here. Um, your last name is a suburb in this in this state.
0: Yeah, it is. I follow, I follow the hashtag, with, uh, hashtag Gosnells yeah
2: yeah it's synonymous with uh drugs um yeah
0: no i got i got <laughs> up from the uh the references on instagram yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, the, 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 yeah. so that that was pretty funny when they saw that um yeah. like, seen this one? i'm like yes i know of Gosnells. also i grew up in that suburb <laughs>
3: <laughs> brilliant so, um
2: yeah no the only things i really have to say is you know the um Australia is now I think working out what meat is and it's growing um, we're going to have a lot more meat is using the honeys that we are have here in Australia, um, so eucalyptus could just is no longer the bad thing yeah.
1: Um, That's <laughs> one of my favorite. favorite
2: traditions. Sorry.
1: It's one of my favorite traditionals. Like, as soon as I started doing this, and I think I've already told this story out here, but yeah, yeah. here we are again. We only yeah, have yeah. so many stories to but... tell. You, so, <laughs> yeah. just to
0: keep reciting. i got tons of
1: it. It's just, uh, yeah. Uh, no, just like being able to get honey across the first thing I wanted to do when I started making meat, I was like, I need to get at least some eucalyptus, if not red gum honey, and I just want to ferment it. Like, I yeah. just couldn't no, get it was out cool. of my head. It's really cool. And it was really, cool. really, cool. really well received here. I thought people would be a little bit more like, oh, that's, that's medicinal, that's weird. And it was just one of those ones that everybody loved. And it was, yeah i just i've really enjoyed it yeah so i'll talk yeah. to you about seeing if i can get more honey from that side over here yeah that <laughs> sounds
0: good yeah
2: well, yeah so, i've got some context
0: for <laughs> <laughs> well, sure thanks very much for your time um and very i hope problem. you have a good thanks evening yeah. yeah yeah beautiful thanks very much appreciate it mate good luck take care of you you yourself thank you thanks for listening guys hopefully you enjoyed that so hit the subscribe and like button and follow us on our social media and we'll see you again next week if you've got any questions or thoughts or just want to chat about meat and honey, then drop us an email to podcast podcast.com.co.uk Or better still,
1: jump on our Instagram. Ask us uh, any questions that you have and watch us scramble to try to find
0: the answer and uh, look like we know what we are talked about. Or if you want to see what I look like, click on the website at www.com.co.uk mm. yeah.